Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a store, if you're a bourbon group or a distillery and you want wholesale laser etched glass products, you know you have to reach out to distilleryproducts.com. Everybody uses them. They have the best stuff at the best prices. Get a hold of me. I would be happy to get you in touch with Carson, Janie, Vicky, all the good folks over at distilleryproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coors. Hold on to the summer for a little while longer with Orca Coors or get yourself ready for the fall. It's almost camping season. They have something for everyone with American-made, lifetime-guaranteed hard-side coolers to all the tumblers they have, like a whiskey barrel tumbler, everything you need for an elevated drinking experience. Be the envy of all the people on the beach at the campsite, at the cookout, by going to orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON, because it is still dad season for 20% off your order. That's D-A-D-S-E-A-S-O-N at orcacoolers.com. Last but not least, our show is also sponsored by our friends at action247.com, the only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. And you got to get in on the action with Action 24-7 because college football has already started. Ohio State gave everybody a scare last night, but they pulled it out in the end. And this week, you can wager $20 on college football and you'll get a $30 freebie. There is a 100 k free-to-play challenge. Customers will have two opportunities to win $100,000 during the first weeks of the college football and NFL seasons. Both are completely free. Use code DADS100. They will match your first deposit up to $400. That's a lot of money. So use code DADS100. They will match your deposit up to $400. Bunch of stuff going on. The NFL starts next week, so make sure you pay attention to everything going on at action247.com. But he's not funny. Do you want me to put that in the podcast? Absolutely. Proceed. Zeke, do you have anything for the cold open? I got a little bit. <laughs> what you got? So on this uh, dating conundrum thing. Wait, hold on. You were talking about Zeke, right? I think so, yeah. Is that his name? That is his name. Yeah, I was talking about him. He can't hear us, Kenny. I don't think so. All right, Zeke, what's going on? I actually want to do an open call right now. If anybody wants to date Zeke, please reach out to me on Instagram. That's Dad's Drinking Bourbon on Instagram. It is a big desire of mine to do a podcast episode where we do like, I have three people with a blank screen. And Zeke asks them questions, and then, like, I'm the host, and it's the dating game, and then once Zeke picks, then I, like, open the screen up, and he can actually see who it is. I think this is a great idea. Also, don't hate on Bumble or any dating apps. I am here for that. That's where I met my current partner. But I also really enjoy the idea of this like dating game situation because I feel like you could tell a lot about a partner by the type of whiskey or bourbon that they enjoy. And I know that I am 10 years older than you, but do you remember the show or have you ever heard of the show Singled Out on MTV? I don't think so, but I do remember, what is it, parental control, where like the parents would choose, like they didn't like the partner that their like child was with, yes. and they would like choose somebody to go on a date with. So you know who Jenny McCarthy is, right? Yeah. So Jenny McCarthy got her start on Singled Out. It was Chris Hardwick was the host, and Jenny McCarthy was the one who was in the crowd who was interviewing the suitors, and then Chris Hardwick kind of like was with the person that was going to get the date. I could be like the Chris Hardwick and maybe I could call you in and you can be the one talking to the potential dates for Zeke Baker. 
I know that we're supposed to be talking about bourbon tonight, but like, did we just create like a a dad's dating show for you all as well? Like, I think it is in the works. We need to think of a title. (laughs) Joanne Street, you are a savior. (laughs) Zeke, did you have a funny comment? I know we we got a little sidetracked there. There's no way in hell I'm trusting John for this. (laughs) I'll drink some Russell's to that. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is the very single, available, disease-free <laughs> Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Cat is out of the bag. I'm not even going to do a huge introduction here. You all know her. You love her. She is Jimmy Russell's granddaughter. She is one of our good friends. I feel like I haven't seen her in a couple years, even though we do run into each other in downtown Franklin, getting brunch with our families when you are in town. Mm -hmm. But Joanne Street, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm finally on the road again after the past year of the pandemic and everything. So it's really nice to be here in Nashville and in person with you all. And like you said, you know, the last time I saw you was while I was in town over the holidays with my parents. So we did a pick. It is the only Russell's Reserve pick we did that was not food themed. It was that half barrel that we split. And I remember walking in the one with the baseball that we did with Boot Hill Blades. I was going to say, to be fair, though, we were really enjoying a lot of whiskey in the warehouse that day, picking the barrel. So I just needed to make sure that... Well, you were there. You and Bruce were there for Drank More Turkey. Mm-hmm. And then that other one, you were not drinking barrels in, in the warehouse that day. You basically said, hey, dude, the first three on the left when you go in. And that's all you said to me. And I picked one <laughs> of those. And that's what ended up being one of those barrels. But Zeke is giving me a look like I am a jerk for not letting him talk. Did you find any women that we could do a dating show with yet? No, I was going to say it simply, y'all, not you all. <laughs> <clears throat> I know you're in New York now, and you know the, big, know. the big city and the big lights are fun, but... Did I say you all? Yeah. Oh, wow. You're, you're close enough to home now. Stick Goodness. with y'all. I need to clearly need to get back on the road a little bit more if I'm already saying you all instead of y'all. Wait till she says water. Oh, no. I, come on, yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little more than that. No, I definitely say... I still say y'all, but... If I did say you all, I guess uh, New York is getting to me a little bit more than I, I than mean, I thought it, it thought Most it was. people wouldn't catch it, but it's kind of like one of the three things that I worry about with John or look for. As soon as I hear him say it, I'm like, you're not in mass anymore. This is the South. You're this below guy. the Mason-Dixon line. I can tell you the three things that he looks for. He looks for you all. He looks if I say syrup instead of syrup. And is the third one caramel instead of caramel? Yes. And what do you say? (laughs) And what do you say? I say caramel now. It's caramel. I was trying to tell somebody the other day because they were in Louisville for the first time and they were like, Louisville. And and they were actually from yeah. New York City. And they went down and they were like, I'm in Louisville. And I'm like, you mean Louisville? And they're like, what? I'm like, talk like you're drunk and, and try to right. say Louisville. You and you're going to say Louisville. Yeah. Well, it's always funny too. Whenever people would come and visit the distillery in Lawrenceburg, they would always be like, yeah, we're headed out to Versailles. 
And I was like, well, to be very nice, it's actually Versailles. Everything is like two syllables here. Louisville, Versailles. So when I moved to Lexington from Massachusetts, I've told this story on here before, but I'm like, hey, I think I got to go down Versailles Road. And the person <laughs> looked at me and they're like, boy, that's Versailles. And they, like, they kind of give you the look like, oh, you're not from here, are you? Yes. And I quickly figured it out. Like, And it's Athens, Boonesboro Road. It's mm-hmm. not Athens. Yep. Like, all sorts of Kentucky stuff. Oh, yeah. It's that classic, you know, Southern draw to them. It's Louisville, Versailles. Zeke is I mean, not in this conversation because he has not been to Lexington enough. I very simply grew up in Clallan, Georgia. How do you spell that? Clallan. Is that with a C or a K? Cloud land, if I have to enunciate, but it's funny. <laughs> Clallan? Exactly. You're getting closer. One day I'll take you there. You're almost there. I feel like, like two you- more years. <laughs> two more years we can go there. We'll ride on the farm, take the Polaris out. I'll flip it on your side and we'll be good. <laughs> I can you really go- feel the love this evening. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Zeke goes to Cloudland a lot. Even you know, living but- in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> it- you got to admit, though, it's super funny, especially once you travel and you see cities, you know, like above and below the Mason-Dixon line that have the same name, mm-hmm. but no one in their right mind or locality would say it the same way. Never. Everything is said <clears throat> so different in every part, you know, even like from Kentucky to Tennessee before I moved up to New York, but it's it's just the little things that are that are said that catch you off guard a little bit where you're like, oh, wait, what was that? Uh, but, you know, living in New York, there are a lot of diverse people there. It's it's very culturally inclusive there. And I've met so many different people. You know, I work with people from all over the world. So I've learned to understand the way people talk a little bit more. But growing up here in Tennessee, it's always y'all. Everything kind of has like a, a slow southern draw to it. Especially once you start drinking a little bourbon. So let's talk about this for a second, just because I I feel like people don't necessarily know what you're doing. They know that you were at Wild Turkey. They Mm -hmm. know that you are very active on Instagram, especially during the pandemic. You did an awesome job highlighting all of the different on-prem people, bringing bartenders on, doing cocktails. Like Seriously, I feel like you kept Wild Turkey in a lot of people's minds. Because you were always doing live stuff on Instagram. You kind of changed roles. You and Bruce kind of flip-flopped where he was doing a lot of the on-prem stuff before. He has now moved and is doing all sorts of distilling. And Mm -hmm. you've kind of taken over that role that he had as kind of like the biggest brand ambassador out there right now, right? Yeah, so... Pretty much, you know, I started this role right out of college. I had a lot of learning and a lot of experience to gain before I could really take on becoming a full-time brand ambassador. So I was very fortunate that they kind of eased me into this position uh, for Wild Turkey and the Russell's Reserve portfolio. But, you know, Bruce was given this opportunity to become a brand ambassador, you know, in his younger 20s like myself. And he ended up actually moving to Austin, where he was a uh, brand ambassador for about five years. In Austin, Massachusetts? Definitely Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Austin, Massachusetts. Nothing wrong with it there. It but, is uh, a movie reference that is too old for you, but it... Uh, I, I hate to show how um, young I am, but I think... I just did it to myself. I don't no. know that one, though. 
I also showed how old. Or did I was. we just show how old John was? Well, and he not always pokes fun at me for not knowing any movie from a certain demographic. Range. After 1999, Zeke stops knowing movies. But there's a movie that has Tom Green in it called Road Trip. Oh, that's the one nut. Half of it was filled at the University of Georgia. Yes. So I, I you should know it. Yes. And we both went to the University of Kentucky. So then we definitely should not watch it. Then. No. Yeah. But the joke in there is <laughs> Tom Green's character tells the main character that his girlfriend went to Austin, Massachusetts. Okay. Instead of Austin, Texas. So he mistakes it for Boston. And it's a whole like. It's a whole thing. Yes. I'll have to check that out. Now that people have turned off their radios because that was not funny nor interesting, <laughs> let's get back to what you're doing with Campari and Wild Turkey. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Bruce was living in Austin for quite a while. And I think, you know, as I kind of transitioned from this role of being a tour guide at the visitor center to this ambassador position, he also was kind of in that transition of life of becoming, you know, really getting back to the distillery and understanding the ways of how Jimmy is distilled for, you know, 68 years now and how Eddie's been doing it. I mean, Eddie just celebrated his 40th anniversary. So he's had the opportunity to not only move back to Kentucky, but really get his hands dirty within education and knowledge and and really being present at the distillery to not only learn how we distill. I mean, obviously we've all been to a modern distillery in this day. A lot of those things are modernized and a lot of distilling is done off a computer or it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very automated at this time. But a majority of their job is, you know, that maturation process is blending, is making these new spirits that we see coming out. So he's had the opportunity to move back and really get his hand dirty and his hands in the new crafts that you all are seeing coming from us, um, whether it be the Master's Keep series. He's been working a lot with the single barrel program. And his passion is really to become, you know, a master distiller one day. For me, I really thrive in the marketing side of the industry. I love talking to people. I mean, I've already been here for what, two plus hours. We've been shooting the shit for quite a while. But yes, I should interrupt for a second and say that if this becomes a shorter episode, it is because we were supposed to start recording at nine. <laughs> it is now 1130 and we're just getting into it because we were just catching up and having a good time. I, I mean, thought it was Andy's fault. We, we're just going to blame it all on Andy. We do love Andy Brennan. <laughs> he is one of our favorite people, but he did also show up at 11. 11. We won't put it all on him. We were shooting the shit, having a good time. I mean, John knows. Drinking some good whiskey. My MO is to always have a scapegoat. Always. <laughs> Zeke deflects. But I will say we are drinking Russell's 13. We'll talk about that here mm -hmm. in a little bit. But you love the marketing side. You love the on-prem side. Mm -hmm. I also think, and I don't want to speak for you because you are very good at that. I think you like the cocktail side and the bartenders and just that community like you absolutely fit in so well just hanging out with bartenders like there's always like a, a campari camp like every time i'm looking at your instagram there's like camp campari week three like right it's the camaraderie and the the hospitality for me like i really thrive off of people enjoying their experience or enjoying their time whether it be at a bar whether it be at you know an event that we put on as a brand like for me my high is really getting to see other people enjoy those experiences experiences. And I'm just fortunate enough that I get to work for a brand that puts on some badass experiences, <laughs> if I'm being very honest with you. But 
you know, I, I really love that conversation that I get to have with a bartender or someone in the on-premise that then they can turn around and change your standard, you know, consumer or whoever it is coming into your bar's life. I want to be able to help them to impact someone else. And especially during the pandemic, you know, we were all fortunate enough that in most places, liquor stores were still open, but bars and restaurants were definitely getting a brunt of that hurt during the pandemic because what do we all love to do in life? It's, you know, we love to be around people and communicate with one another and have a good time. And a majority of the time we do that at a bar or a restaurant. So I just wanted to make sure that during the pandemic, especially that we still highlighted those places that we love because it's so important to support local and to really help, you know, this is their lifestyle. These bartenders and these people on the on-premise, you know, whether you're going to a chain restaurant, whether you're going to the Cheesecake Factory or you're going to your favorite dive bar or, you know, the nicest cocktail bar uh, in Nashville, you want that same service, you want that camaraderie and you want that hospitality. So for me during the pandemic, especially, it was just important to make sure that we still highlighted those places and that we didn't forget about them because they really are the backbone of why we get to enjoy really great bourbon. You know, they're the reason that people are obsessed with single barrels these days or, you know, people love making cocktails at home is because that opportunity was taken away from us for a little while. So it was important to make sure that we still, yes, we can still go to the liquor store and, and pick up these bottles or these products or this wild turkey, but it's also important to still remember those people that that made you fall in love with the brand or, or fall in love with a, a cocktail or a spirit or whatever that might be. No, I think that's very much an easily word like John and I are with like whiskey and our friends. We're on plenty of group chats. We bullshit with a lot of people, but catching up on those bullshit chats is the break that I think most everyone needs and half the reason we survive probably. It's our scapegoat, you know? I think you have a hard work day and at the end of the day, it's going to that favorite on-premise spot, your favorite bar or restaurant, or even going to the liquor store. It could be either, you know? Picking up that favorite bottle and going home and sitting down and having an experience while you enjoy it. You know, as human beings, we're here to experience life and experience things. And that's what we want to bring to the table. Not only when we're talking about spirits, but also cocktails and the time that you enjoy while you're sitting at a bar. You know, if you're sitting at a bar and you don't have that great hospitality, that's going to stick with you for a while. It's the same way if you're sitting with someone like we're sitting here and I mean, I would never have a bad conversation with you all, but you know, if like the conversation is a little off, it kind of ruins the experience of also the spirit or the drink or the cocktail that you're having. And I think if anything over the past year, what it's kind of done for me where I was a little more critical on things and I would really sit there and pick things apart in tasting notes. And this is bad because we have a podcast that reviews spirits as well as having interviews but i'm more just like hey is it good and then who am i with because i don't mm -hmm. get to be with people like i used to yeah and now that we're starting to be with each other again it's more like i don't really care i'm not gonna pick it apart like i used to i get notes and i can do notes and i can identify that stuff but how much does it matter like, how much does it matter that you get 18 things on the nose and 20 right. things on the palate? It's like, hey, did you have a good time? Who was there? Like, Russell's 13, my first sip of it, is always now going to be, hey, remember when we were all sitting around the table doing two hours? Is this your first sip of Russell's 13? Well, I already had it about 
an hour and a half ago, but yes. I mean, at this table though. Yes. That's amazing. And that's my point too is- I don't know who the Campari rep is in the Nashville area, but he's a jerk, even though he's my friend, like you think he would have like passed two ounces my way. I mean, he's just casually sitting right behind you. I'm so. not ungrateful or anything. <laughs> like, Also, that's just really funny because he's sitting right behind us looking at us like he's- I was going to say, he looks like, he literally is like our dad in the corner right now. Like you're all grounded after this podcast. I mean, I'm just <laughs> laughing like, man. John's wearing a long sleeve shirt in 95 degree weather and a girl's agreeing with him. He's in his wheelhouse. But it's dry fit. It is a it is a very nice shirt that has vents. I would also like to point out coming from the guy who's like wearing a Russell's reserve shirt, it's like, tell me you're not a super fan without like Yeah, like you never wear the t shirt to the concert. How many how many of these V necks have you ever seen? How many forty year olds do you see still wearing a V neck? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't work for the brand, she does. How many of these V necks have you ever seen? I will say not of those specifically, but I have Because to see- Andy made them and he's sitting at the table. <laughs> Again, like a- stop talking. <laughs> there is a limited you're you're leading the witness counselor. I'm having a simple conversation. If I needed my lawyer, my I left my dad at home. Like I can, <laughs> I'm just saying, I can give him a call real quick. How many of these V-necks have you ever seen? It is a great shirt. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I had to talk a little bit of shit just because. I mean, I feel like I'm sitting here with like my two older brothers right now. Yeah. So I had to had to shoot the shit I a mean, little I, bit. We'll both take a fair amount of shit. I'm just <laughs> saying. Have you ever seen the V-neck anywhere else? I have, but it was a black Russell's Reserve shirt. So okay, yeah, that's it a, wasn't that one. That's an outlier. So you're still you're still special. All right, thank you. Still Andy. special. Speaking of branding, what I will say is I really like. It was something that actually Rare Bird David Jennings mm-hmm. had originally put out was the shirt that said DSPKY67. One of my favorites. And I feel like I just saw a hat that came out that had the same thing. I think Russell's and Wild Turkey are doing a very good job kind of listening to the people and incorporating that into some branding because not every, I mean, it is a very simple shirt yeah. and I love that I have one, but all it was was a blue shirt and it said in white lettering DSP KY 67. I think there's a red hat now. Well, it's a, we have a black hat okay. um, and it's honestly my favorite Probably one of my favorite POS items that we've ever made because it's super simple, but it just has the DSP number across the front. And it's like a baseball cap, like a dad hat almost. So it doesn't have like – because as a female, you know, not everything that's catered for, you know – men or or whatever you identify as is made for like what I also like on my head. So it's like a dad cap. It's like a baseball cap. One that I can like bend the brim on, you know, that when you can get a ponytail through the back, get the ponytail through the back, like you bend the brim in half type of situation. Um, But we did make some POS, but that was, uh, that is one of the coolest, I think, items of POS that we've ever made. And we made POS with that DSP number, I think after David made those really cool shirts too, which also goes to show that if you're in the industry or even if you're just a consumer, like we always want to hear what you have to say, whether it be about what are you looking forward to the most seeing coming from us in 
in the next few years or we are listening. I know it doesn't happen as rapidly as you want it to. A lot of the times I feel like we get told like, oh, I'd love to see this happen. Uh, we are still aging bourbon, so it does take a little bit of time, <laughs> just a few years. Well, you um, have a parent company. I yeah, mean, fair. but we, we do listen and we are, we're intrigued to hear what not only the consumer likes, but what, what also, you know, the bartender likes. We're we're listening, but like I said, sometimes it does take a little bit more time to bring to life. <laughs> and, and if people want to think there is a Russell family mafia, you know, the Russells only have so much control. It is also going to Campari saying, hey, we would like to put out a barrel strength rye. Mm -hmm. We're not ready to do that yet. And yeah. it's like, hey, we have the barrels. We've been laying it down. No, no, no. We're not ready to do that yet. Yeah, I think that's like one of the nice things about having Campari as a parent company, we are the only bourbon whiskey that they own, which is great. But also they truly do. Jimmy's still around. He's still hanging out. He still tastes everything that we that we put out. But Eddie's kind of taken the lead on, especially on the Masters Keep series that you all have seen coming out from us and, and this new Russell's 13 that we'll talk about here in a minute. But I think so too. They also listen to respecting the heritage and the culture and the generations of love and time and effort that went into this brand by Jimmy and with Eddie. But you know, it's also marketing and corporate. You, ha you have to find that happy medium. But I think they do a great job of putting out there that, hey, we have this idea. What are your thoughts behind this? How can we grow this into a great brand? Who's going to be the most excited about this? Shout out to Sky Vodka, just because <laughs> I want to get a Master's Keep sample. So anything else I have to shout out? Andy, I'm trying to get back at your good graces. Yeah, you guys got in a little bit of trouble at the beginning of the podcast. No, Andy and I will cuddle later. It'll be okay. But <laughs> For those listening, Andy is smiling in the background, by the way. I can't see him. Is he uh, behind me right now? Be careful what you say. Now, you talked about, I saw people posting pictures with Jimmy this week. You know, yeah. he's still out there in full force. People can go see him. He's got his chair. He might not be there all day. Right. You know, he's got a couple times he's there and then and then he'll go. But everybody still loves going to see Jimmy. Eddie is so fun to just pick barrels with. He is one of my most favorite people. He'll let you kind of go. He'll be like, listen, anything against the wall, you tell me which ones you want. Well, I think so too. That's like the difference between the two of them, but also what makes like a great brand, right? So Jimmy is safely at the visitor center as much as he can be. He, during quarantine and the pandemic, I'm not kidding y'all. He was driving around the distillery one or two times a day, going out there, checking up on things, making sure nobody was like messing up what he's built up, you know, over the I mean, past few years. that scooter going to drive itself. Exactly. Oh no, he's in his Ford Ranger driving he's around. He's in the he's Ford not, Ranger. Oh, the Ford sorry. Ranger these days. But uh, he was still driving around, but he, he did that growing up all the time. But he was, uh, he was still driving around and he loves that camaraderie of people and talking to people about their brand. And he is one person in this world that I've met. He'll sit in that visitor center and somebody will come in and be like, hey, Jimmy, I met you five years ago at this bar in this place. And he'll know exactly who you are, that moment in time, the conversation that you had. And it's truly incredible. But he loves that about people. He loves being on the road. I think with Eddie, you know, and I'm not speaking for either one of them, but Eddie really thrives in the warehouse. I mean, you've done a barrel pick with Eddie in a warehouse. And if anyone listening out there has, has done a barrel pick with Eddie in the warehouse, 
it's truly an incredible experience. You're sitting in there with a master distiller of wild turkey who's been doing this for 40 plus years. And that's really kind of like like his little home spot. He likes a small niche group of people just drinking good whiskey in the warehouse with incredible views. And I think, you know, everyone's a little bit different. Some people are more social. Some people like to be in smaller groups. But that's also what makes great whiskey. They don't also like the same types of whiskey, too, you know? I mean, you get through a few barrels. Eddie just kind of subtly says, well, what did you get out of the past three or the past five? And if you didn't like them, what were you looking for? And then, you know, he just kind of thumbs and looks at you and it waits a few minutes. And like, let's go over around yonder over the corner. I think there's something you might like. It's also crazy that like, you know, him and Bruce between the both of them are in the warehouse all the time drinking these barrels and tasting them. But for me, it's almost it's incredible the fact that they can take what you have given them from, you know, three or four barrels, like you were saying, and saying, oh, I tasted a barrel the other day. Let's go right around the corner. It's this specific barrel that I had that I really enjoyed that I think is going to meet your taste profile. And that's what being a master distiller is, not only, you know, distilling, but the maturation process and the blending process. There's so much that goes into making a Russell's 13, a master's keep. It's an, it becomes an idea and then it's pulling the liquid from the right place to make that idea come to life. And then it's getting it the right proof and mingling the right amount of barrels. But that's also one of my favorite things to see whenever we are in the warehouse. Cause I've seen Bruce pick up those characteristics too recently. It's like, okay, you're looking for something that's maybe a little bit sweeter, maybe on the fruitier side. Let's go over here to this barrel specifically four down from the left. Like you were saying earlier, like the three barrels to the left-hand side when you walk in A, definitely make sure you try them. It's amazing how they remember specific profiles in every single barrel because every single one tastes very different, even if they're aged next to one another. A hundred percent. I think one of the funnier things, and, and I want to talk about you, I feel like I've really messed up this podcast because we are so close and it's so familial. I almost feel like Bruce has more of a personality like Jimmy. Like it's yeah. almost skipped a generation, right? And you are. You mean they, neither one of them can stop talking? Yes. Yeah. Kind of like me. Bruce, yeah. Bruce says it though. <laughs> He's told the world that. Bruce has kind of taken the characteristics of Jimmy. Like it's almost like baldness. It skipped a generation mm -hmm. where Eddie's a little quieter, more analytical. You are very outgoing as well. Are your parents quieter too? Like, Tell us a little bit about you. The rest of the family was up in Kentucky. Your family grew up down here in Franklin. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I should have started with this, and that's where I said I messed up. But that, like, that's why they make editing, right? Well, I'm not even going to edit at this point. Like, it'll <laughs> come in. Like, but how did you even get into the family business? Now yeah. you're a brand ambassador. What made you decide to kind of go that route? A lot of people might not know this because I am in the Russell family. They think that I automatically like grew up in Kentucky. <laughs> so my parents actually met in Frankfort, Kentucky, which is just about 20 minutes outside of Lawrenceburg. Um, but my dad is originally from Tennessee. And so after they got married, they lived in Kentucky for about a year and then made their way back down to Tennessee. And uh, they were living, they, they lived in Nashville before moving to Franklin. And uh, I was definitely the pleasant surprise of the family. So I have two older brothers, a little bit older than I am, but I born and raised in Franklin, Tennessee. 
I'd always loved going to visit my grandparents in Kentucky in the summertime. Growing up, we always went for every holiday, whether it be Thanksgiving, Christmas, fall break. Flag day? Honestly, maybe. Might have been. (laughs) Honestly, Easter, all of the holidays we would go up there, you know, because my dad's immediate family is here in Tennessee, but all of my mom's immediate family is up in Kentucky. And then every summer... We would go up there and like spend a week or like I would go up there with my mom. We would spend a week and then I would stay a week with my grandmother because I'm very close with Jimmy's wife. Uh, she's, you know, the the grandmother I always kind of like lean towards. I'm named after her. Her name is Joretta. I'm named Joanne. So I'm named after her. But I would go up there and spend some time with them. I always knew what Jimmy did, but... For us and our family, you know, you kind of leave work at the door. When you walk into the, into Granny, we call her Granny Joe and Mimi. So if I refer to Jimmy as Mimi, I call him Mimi. That's why. You know, when you walked in that door, you left work at the door and you, you truly came inside to enjoy a family dinner on the table or enjoy family time with one another because our lives are so hectic and are so busy and we're always on, you know, someone always wants to talk about bourbon, which is never a bad thing. But we had spent summers up there. When it came to me going to college, I'd always dreamed about going to the University of Kentucky. I'm sorry, Dad. He's a diehard Tennessee fan. Any Tennessee fans out there, I'm also sorry. But uh, went to the University of Kentucky, so go Cats, baby. Last time Tennessee actually won anything, I think Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Like, that was it. D. Martin. Oh, that too. You know what the best part is, though? Peyton never won. You know, T. Martin ended up becoming a coach at the University of Kentucky. That's the best part. <laughs> That's the best part. Dogs still ain't one shit. Sorry. Nobody cares about that. Anyways, moving on. Uh, go cats. That's a that's a little C A T S cats cats cats. Sorry, Zeke. You're outnumbered this podcast. I'm very sorry. Basketball, y'all might win. Football, not so much. Hey, our football team. I'm telling you, Stoops is turning them around. Stoops is turning the program around. You better watch out for them this year. So I um, spent summers up in Kentucky, and then I had the opportunity to go to the University of Kentucky. And shortly after I was there, I turned 21. And there was always this big National Wild Turkey Federation event at Opryland in Nashville every year. So growing up, we would go, we would get to see my grandfather and my grandmother. We would go every Sunday, hang out with them, get to see what they were doing. And could- Is it still going on? I believe so, but we I don't think that we participated last year. Uh, well, I don't think anybody participated oh yeah, last that's year. that's true. I don't think... <laughs> It might not have been a thing last year, honestly. If it happens again, you got to let us know because we will be there. Absolutely. So it's like this great um, just convention that goes on at Opryland. And uh, there is a woman there by the name of Katrina as well, who like helped Jimmy out a lot, helped her or helped like manage his schedule and everything. And she always told me growing up, she said, you know, you should come work at the distillery. You should come work at the distillery. So when I went to the University of Kentucky, I turned 21 and my parents finally told me I needed to get a summer job. So got a summer job at the distillery as a tour guide, you know, thinking one off. I don't really know like how important or how special this place is. And a summer job turned into a passion and a passion, thankfully for me, turned into a job after I graduated. And I've now been working with Wild Turkey for seven years. And I I truly can't imagine myself doing anything else. You know, when I got there and got to see, because I see a side of Mimi that not everybody sees because, you know, I get the at-home Mimi versus, you know, the in-person, very talkative, 
very outgoing Mimi version that everyone in this industry knows and loves. At home, he's actually rather quiet. So it was kind of funny to see him completely opposite of what I knew growing up. And then I was like, there's a moment that hit me and I was like, holy shit, my grandfather is way cooler than I will ever be. And (laughs) he is so well-respected in the the passion and the way that he talks about our brand, I was like, oh, I need to pay attention. Like, this is something special. And there's a reason that he is so dedicated and so passionate about what he does. And I kind of fell into that. And I found myself, you know, talking more about Wild Turkey and getting more involved in the brand and, and being fortunate enough to have a conversation after I graduated to say, are, are you serious about this? Are you passionate about it? You know, because I, I did not major in marketing or, or in business in college. I had a, a plan to be in the health field, whether that be nursing or physical therapy, because I grew up an athlete. I'm used to being on the soccer field. I'm used to being around athletes. I'm used to sports. I love sports. Side of me, a, po- a lot of people probably don't know. For me, it was definitely different than what I had planned or imagined, but it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. The the people that I've met, the appreciation that I've realized for the food and beverage industry, the bartenders I've met along the way, the people's lives that I've had the opportunity to impact. I know that sounds super cheesy, but that brings me a, a lot of joy and it continues to make me want to grow as an ambassador and as a person to help other, you know, Maybe other young 23-year-olds that are intimidated by this industry that it's not that intimidating. You know, you can you can get in there. It's it is intimidating at first, but you're always gonna be welcomed with open arms because I came into this very young. And I, I've definitely grown and matured a lot and understand a lot more and continuing to learn every day. It's been a really great ride, and I'm really excited to even see what like I just moved to New York City. So I'm, you know, in one of the biggest markets in the United States, and I'm very excited to take that on and see how I can continue to grow as an ambassador and impact people and and help people learn about spirits and about bourbon. And I meant to ask you, did you get to pick New York? Did they assign you New York? So for me, I think New York was always the goal. I knew that if I could do my job well enough to have the opportunity to move to New York and be a brand ambassador in New York City, because if you think about it, that's where really a lot of the big players are. You know, I knew if I had that, if I got to the point where I had the opportunity to move, I was going to take it. And that was a goal for me from the get go. You know, I visited New York for the first time four years ago. For the first time, my family are big beach people. So we always went. (laughs) To you were like, beach. how can I be the 30A ambassador? Yeah, exactly. Rather? How can I get to the beach or anything? So New York was always the goal because I knew if I I worked my worked my butt off enough and had the conversations and, and really tried hard that I would have the opportunity to move to New York. And I, I finally did. And now it, it motivates me more. It almost makes me more, not aggressive, but aggressive in my job. I'm, I'm hungry to learn more, to do more. How can I make a bigger impact? How can I do more than even I was doing in Kentucky, if that makes sense? Even if you're in New York, like other markets still want you. Because you still are the family. Is that tough for other ambassadors that are around the country knowing that like family member superstar might come in and then we got to help her out and move out of the way? I don't think so. Because for me, I never, 
I'm fortunate enough to be a part of the Russell family, but for me, I, w- I want to be looked at as an equal. I want to be looked at as another brand ambassador that comes in and I'm just here to do my job. Like I said, the perks of being a Russell definitely come into play sometimes, but you know, I that's not who we are as a family. It never really has been. If someone comes up and recognizes me, of course, I'm going to say hello. We can grab a drink. If you ever see me out, do not hesitate to come and say hi to me. Like, as you guys can tell, I like to talk a lot. So please come and say what's up. But I think we all have our favorite markets, but I'm not only fortunate enough to live in New York, but I get to go to places like Nashville and New Orleans and North Carolina. I cover primarily the East Coast. I have a coworker, Benny, who covers the West Coast. And then, of course, Bruce, who's doing more ambassador work as well as being at the distillery too. So between the three of us, we kind of conquer this the United States. But I just always want to be looked at as the same person sitting next to you. I never want anyone to be intimidated or scared or afraid to come up to me. The biggest thing that I took from Jimmy, Eddie, and Bruce, because coming into this, like I said, I was very young, but it was, you know, if you don't know something, that's okay. And everyone has a story and everyone has a reason as to why they're meeting you and you should listen to that story in my opinion is it tough though because you know the turkey fans are very particular like there might be a specific expression it might be cheesy gold foil it might be like hey i had a 92 101 everybody tries i think to get like their birth year so i know i have an 84 101 you take it out of the decanter you filter it but everybody's very particular a lot of that stuff you might not have had. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of people come up to you and get that specific? Sometimes, yeah. I was fortunate enough to be at a place last night that we were drinking some really old wild turkey, which was a lot of fun. I've been very able and fortunate to taste a lot of really cool whiskey, which is really, really great. You know, I've tasted pre prohibition style whiskey, I've also tasted, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s wild turkey too. But for me, it's even if I haven't tasted it, I want to know the story behind what was your experience during that. I think a lot of the times that people tend to be very surprised at the knowledge that I can put out when, you know, you see a a female walk in and talking about an old school whiskey brand because, you know, Wild Turkey has a it has a little bit of a personality behind it. Maybe, (laughs) you know, I think that says everything. Maybe you drank too much of it or your grandfather drank too much of it. We all remember um, at least one or five or more. Yeah. Field parties. Field parties. If you had a friend that might not have been 21 in Kentucky that was at a field party, wink, wink, we all kind of know. I mean, all my friends were 21 when they first started drinking, as well as myself. I was 21. Sheesh. (laughs) One of the cool things, and I hate just even touching on this at this point, and I know it still needs to get touched on, but there are so many kick-ass women in whiskey. If you look at a lot of the innovation that's coming out, you know, Jackie at Old Foe, you have Alex Castle down at Old Dominic, you have Nicole at Dickel, you have so many awesome, and I'm not even naming them all. I feel bad. I'm sorry so that I'm not many, even no, Elizabeth so at Brown Foreman. There's, women in the industry. There's so many good ones that I'm not surprised. You know, when you said there's a lot of people that are surprised that mm-hmm. you have the knowledge you do, I don't think anyone that is close to the industry is surprised i think it's people that are kind of looking at it from afar and like just might happen to see you someplace yeah and walk up and be like oh what are you doing 
It's not even like surprise. I would say that we work in a very like male dominated industry. We work in a spirit that was very male dominated for such a long time. I even hear like Jimmy talk about it sometimes, you know, our consumer for the longest time was that gentleman that was putting it in, you know, either drinking it near on the rocks or in a, a whiskey or Coke or dare I say a whiskey of Mountain Dew, a little turkey do situation. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of turkey do's in <laughs> Kentucky. I feel like I just needed to put that one out there. I think that as this industry is kind of turning and coming to fruition, you're absolutely right. There are so many women that I think people are unaware of that are doing these great things in distilleries and these really cool things that we love to see come out, whether it be a new blend or a new limited time only. There are so many women in our industry that are insanely knowledgeable about brands and about whiskeys. I want everyone to not only me, but I just want everyone to have the opportunity to meet them because it's a different perspective, you know? For the longest time, especially Wild Turkey as a brand, we really focus towards that older generation of male. But today, some of our biggest consumers are younger females or females in their 20s, 30s, or 40s that are looking to not only enjoy neat or on the rocks, but in cocktails. It is crazy to me, even after starting in this industry a few years ago, that the amount of women that I see at these events that we do has almost doubled. I love to see it because I want to be a part of that that equality or that inclusivity or whatever it may be for our brand and for our spirit that, yes, I get that you might have drank it off your grandfather's shelf one day, but uh, you can also enjoy it too. And you literally drank it off your grandfather's shelf one day. When I turned 21, of course. And she... <laughs> Probably enjoyed it. I do want to ask, though, because you, you talk about all these people that are doing awesome blending. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, being on the on-prem side, you're getting blending experience even making cocktails and doing stuff like that. Do you think there's ever a point where we might have an LTO Joanne Street blend? That's a big ask. I am... Eddie was, you know, Eddie was a distiller for 30 plus years before he really got to start making his own stuff. So I think, I don't know if I would ever do a blend on my own, but I think, you know, one day if Bruce and I could do something together, that would be really cool. Um, like I said earlier, you know, my passion is in marketing and I, I wish that I had that creative tick that would create like a new product. But if I could be a part of a process, that's something that like, Maybe Bruce and I pay tribute to not only Eddie, but Eddie and Jimmy one day. That would be a lot of fun. Wild turkey masters keep grandbabies. Something like, like that. Something like we'll, fi <laughs> we'll figure it out, but it, it would be really cool. But I'm, I'm excited to see how the Masters Keep series continues to evolve. Speaking of that, I mean, should we talk a little bit about the new Masters Keep? I was going to ask, how is it evolving this year? Pretty great, if I'm being honest. So... Of course, we've seen, you know, blending and barrel finishing and secondary maturation happening a lot. So with this next master's keep, uh, we will be, this is going to be a combination of really what Eddie loves and what Jimmy loves coming together into a secondary ma uh, maturation. So pretty much what it's going to be, it's going to be about eight to 10 year old barrels, which if you know Jimmy Russell, you know he loves whiskey that's like 6 to 12 years old. So it's really in that like sweet spot of the liquid that he loves. And then we're going to take 14-year-old uh, bourbon as well. Because if you know Eddie, Eddie likes something that's a little bit older, a little bit lower in proof. We're going to commingle those together. And then we're actually going to put them 
back into a brand new charred oak barrel. So that'll age in warehouse G, which for any of you whiskey nerds out there, if you do enjoy single barrel picks like we were talking about earlier, I've heard Eddie talk about how G is his favorite warehouse and one of his favorite single barrels that we've ever put out has come from warehouse G. So we took that eight to 10 year old and that 14 year old that Jimmy likes co-mingled it, put it back in new charred oak barrels, put it back into warehouse G let that finish for a little bit comes out at about 101 proof. I am just calling dibs on the G funk sticker that is going to come from any single barrels, you know, anything Warren G G funk regulate, you know, all those are going to come out. There's a lot of things you could do with warehouse G. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) And, uh, it is the G funk era. But that is really cool with the Master's Keep. I, I like how they've changed. I know the first couple of ones, you, you could tell Eddie kind of had his hand on them because they were a little lower proof. I kind of have to think that Bruce might have had something to say about Cornerstone. He might have tasted a little bit along the way. Anything that's rye, you know, he's sitting there like, come on, Mimi, come on, Dad. Yeah. Like, like, come on, come on, I mean, please. There's still that barrel. When you walk out of the rick. Oh, I think that's done now. He's He's got another... He's replaced it. It's almost empty, I think. I mean, I, I feel like that barrel is just... It, it's not the same barrel or the same No, juice. that's the best Solera barrel that anybody has ever but had. But the experience. And when you walk out, when he tells you what is in that barrel... Yeah. Whether it's the first time that quote-unquote barrel's been there or the 33rd... You feel important and you enjoy what you taste. I think that he (laughs) secretly refills it at night. (laughs) I mean, easily, but would you care? No. I will will say I was there the other week and I did have a little taste out of it and it is pretty empty. If you think of how many groups go through, he's thiefing it out. But if you think about how many groups go through, anybody that knows anything. So what Zeke is alluding to is there is a barrel of rye in front of warehouse a and it's called bruce's barrel because bruce picked it it sits there any barrel pick you go on if bruce is around he will open that up and he will give you a pour out of that barrel i don't think eddie goes for the barrel too much i think bruce has to be around on your barrel pick well if anyone knows bruce bruce is i mean his instagram handle is russell's rye guy He is the rye drinker of our family. He absolutely loves it. But I think that's also why you guys are seeing a lot of really cool rye stuff coming from us recently. Rare breed rye. Rare breed rye. You know, the Russell single barrel rye, the cornerstone rye. And I I, I hope to only see that grow in the future too, because we we do make such a, a great, unique rye whiskey as well. But it's really interesting because like, you know, you know that, Jimmy loves whiskey that's like 6 to 12 years old, high proof. Eddie loves whiskey that's a little bit older, like 14 to 17 years old, lower proof. And then Bruce really enjoys rye whiskey. So we don't know what happened to him, but that's what Jimmy always says. Jimmy always goes, I don't I don't know what happened to him because he likes that rye stuff, I mean, but What I love about Wild Turkey's rye is that it's not 955. Yeah, I it's just like think a Kentucky it- style rye whiskey. So we do add a decent amount of corn to it. I can't give you the mash bill because I like my job and Jimmy might fire me. <laughs> so I can't, can't give that out. But we do add a decent amount of corn to it and it adds a nice kind of softness and uh, really highlights the lemongrass and kind of that, that green apple and, and unique kind of grainy flavor. And it's not minty. 
Not minty. No. We are drinking the Russell's 13. I should mention this is something that came out this year. If you read this, I could ask Joanne a whole bunch of stuff on it, but I could also say this distinctive bourbon, aged 13 years, delivers aromas and flavors of aged oak and sweet caramel, culminating in a smooth finish that you have come to expect from Russell's Reserve. This is Jimmy and Eddie teaming up on this together. Both of their signatures are on here. It's non-chill filtered. It's 57.4 ABV, 114.8 proof. What else do I need to know about this Russell's 13 that I can't read on a bottle? First off, there's this is one of those things that we are listening to you all. I know that you all always want like a Russell's barrel proof. So this is a Russell's barrel proof bourbon. Um, it is age stated at 13 years old, which is really quite incredible because, you know, we put out the Russell's 10 for such an affordable price as the industry is kind of evolving and whatnot. It, it's interesting to see how different ages of bourbons um, sell and how people kind of come to them. But this was really feeding to those those people that really enjoy whiskey. Uh, neat or on the rocks. I personally, when we look at our portfolio, I probably drink the most Russell's 10 out of everything. So that's kind of my honey hole. And the Russell's 1998 is my favorite thing that we've ever made. Only 2,070 bottles. So they're very far and few between. But with this Russell's 13, I also, a lot of people don't know this about me. I don't drink coffee. So I drink a lot of tea, specifically like black tea. And this has a lot of kind of more so those like black tea, honey, Definitely has some maple and some sweetness to it. Vanilla is very, obviously very apparent because it's very apparent in all of our whiskeys. But this has just such a unique characteristic to it compared to the Russell's 10, um, the Russell's single barrel that's so delicious. So it's a 13-year-old, like you said, 114.8 proof, non-chill filtered Russell's Reserve bourbon. And it's quite phenomenal. And this isn't a review show and we are already kind of over an hour, which I'll cut down a little bit. So we're not going to go through tasting notes on this. I will say it's very good. Zeke, I'm curious for you and also for you, Joanne, I feel like the nose and the palate on this though do not match. There is a very distinctive nose and I feel like the palate is different. They're very funky. And I think that's why I love it so much is because it is a, it's a true representation of like what I like to think maybe like what Eddie was tasting when he was originally or like what Jimmy and Eddie were drinking when Russell's originally became a product. It had this like unique nose and this very different palette. Like I was saying, honey and black tea and like maple and sweetness on the nose. But on the palate, it's more so of those like bourbon forward characteristics that we're used to. It's the vanillas, the caramels, maybe a little bit of honeysuckle. It's definitely sweeter on the palate, in my opinion. What about you, Zeke? I mean, I've had this probably two or three times now. I would simply say like a nose-wise, it's surprisingly really soft. There's a lot of syrup, a lot of vanilla, but then you get to the palate and there's some kick, but it's not overwhelming and there's an oak to it. I think what will throw people off the most the 13-year age statement, along with it being cast-proof, because it's not strong. Like, it, it is a drinker. No, this is great. And Andy, thank you for 
bringing this over. I will enjoy taking this bottle home. Oh, wait. I thought I was going to take it home. You can. Ladies I'm first. Kidding. No, no, no. Please. No, ladies first. I'll, I'll split it with you. As long as Zeke doesn't get any. We're going to rock, paper, scissors for the bottle. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, it is always great to see you. Please come back. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. I feel like this whole hour has been ADD. It doesn't really... What's the point? And we said this before we even started recording. It's like, what's the point of this podcast? I don't really know, but it's always good to have you in town. And we've never sat down to record before. Maybe next time we should think of a theme. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been great to just... It's great to be here. It's great to sit here and and have a conversation with you all. I know it's been a, a crazy year. You guys, you all usually come up to the distillery to choose a barrel and we get to shoot the shit there. But it's really nice to sit here and have a conversation, even if it does seem a little random. It's nice to just sit here and enjoy a nice glass of bourbon with people that I get to call friends. And I'm, I'm just very fortunate to, to be a part of this. So thank you all for having me. No problem. It's just nice to have fun. I think yeah. that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> night. what's the point of this podcast? It's nice to have fun with some people. Zeke, it's nice to have fun with you too. Yeah, I guess we like you even though you're a Georgia fan. Nothing against any other Georgia fan out there, by the way. Just Zeke. Zeke. Zeke wears that Russell shirt, that deep V Russell shirt, because it is gray and red. And it's kind of like Georgia colors. I feel cheated on right and now. And because John got given two that he couldn't fit into. <laughs> no, I could fit into him. I still have them. A leg or an upper body? Don't be jealous of my calves, bro. It's called a t-shirt, not a calf shirt. I'm just, you're bringing up my legs because you're jealous of the size of my calves. I know. You go to bed at night like, I wish I had legs like John. (laughs) You're wearing a long sleeve shirt in 95 degree weather. It's actually 81 degree weather right now. And this shirt has more vents than your V-neck t-shirt. Also, the air conditioning is on in here. So long sleeve makes sense. I I do (laughs) just- playing devil's advocate. I want to thank the good folks at Wild Turkey for having enough sense to make the Russell's 13 blue and white. Go Cats. Go Cats, baby. And Joanne, people can find you on Instagram. It's Joanne Street is your Instagram handle. Joanne Street across the board for everything. J-O-A-N-N-S-T-R-E-E-T. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. Wild Turkey is easy enough. It's Wild Turkey, Russell's Reserve. I think it's Russell's Reserve Bourbon. Bourbon. Yep. So go ahead and find them on the Grams, on the Facebooks, on the TikToks. Maybe not the TikToks, but uh, if you are also looking for some more education and whatnot, be sure to follow um, Campari Academy and Campari Community too. If you're looking to do, I know we talked a little bit about Instagram lives and supporting on premise and whatnot. So if you are looking just for more education, not only within Wild Turkey, but any brand within Campari, whether that be Espelone, Grand Marnier, I know we've got some Grand Marnier fans here, um, Campari, Aperol, anything on those lines, Campari Academy and Campari Community are are great outlets as well to check out. And you will be back to do the dating game show with me, right? Absolutely. I will be a part of that. That is like my dream right there. I am My guilty pleasure in life is reality TV. So to be a part of a reality podcast would be 
impeccable. I think Zeke is at this next chapter in his life. I would really like it if you could help me find the person who's going to take him there. So I just, again, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to me directly, please reach out to Joanne Street. She will then forward your application to me. So either Dad's Drinking Bourbon or Joanne Street, we are looking for three women <laughs> that would like to go on a date with Zeke Baker. You can find us on Facebook to let us know at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. You already have because you're listening to us right now. Leave us an open and honest review just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Joanne, thank you so much again. Thank you all for having me. It's been a blast. Zeke, thank you. Ciao. Where else can the <laughs> folks find us, Zeke? Anyone that John nominates will get shot down. Thank you. They're all going to go through Joanne. She's the buffer. She's in on this now. I thought it was a two and two thing. No, no. They're going to go like, even if I get the application, she's in this. So I'm going to send it to her and I'm going to be like, please vet this person and see if you're, if she wants to be in. I'm, a, so you're I'm not going to lie. Again? I'm not being lazy. I'm just saying I want you to actually do this. So if they just get sent to me and then you turn them down. So you created a way to troll me and then put somebody else up to do their work. Side note, I'm a great wing woman. But you don't live here. It's a virtual world, buddy. <laughs> I was going to say, where have you been for the past 18 months? <laughs> I know you have a cracked iPhone 2 right now that's almost broken. If you saw, I need to take a picture of Zeke's phone before we leave. Like, Ladies, we will make sure he has a nicer phone. No, tomorrow he is getting an <laughs> iPhone 12. He will have an iPhone 12. Ladies, it will work. Life will be put together by date time. Guaranteed. But Returns available. You people. <laughs> you can also find us in Nashville, Tennessee, and you can find Zeke. He is EZ Baker. That's EZ <laughs> Baker. If you want to like take a look at him, see what he looks like before you send in your application to me. <laughs> at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Go ahead and check out Easy Baker on Instagram. He is the only Zeke Baker on any Facebook bourbon groups. So ladies, and you see a Zeke Baker, that's him. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Ciao.